0: rugby it's the Cardiff home edition it's going to be a tough one William yeah it's going to be a
1: tough night tonight it's the start of a 10 game run topped and tailed by Cardiff and uh, we need to get back on the horse Connacht losing their last two games they've had a three week break it's a lovely night for rugby it's very cold no wind uh, we'll see what's what's going to happen they have a great record against us uh, that we've never denied them a bonus point and uh, that's that ju- That just shows they're always tight games so we'll see how we get on
0: OK William, 20 minutes, it's 7 all. we took a long time to score and then they hit straight back Yeah, a very soft try, they'll be absolutely livid with that a good try off the back of a drive-in
1: scrum by Connacht very scrappy game two sides who haven't played for a few weeks a lot of little errors and hopefully the consistency and the accuracy will improve because it's uh, it's not been very exciting so far
0: No, very scrappy. Not quite sure who got it down, whether Mull missed it and John Cooney got it, but we'll have to wait and see. I
1: think it it might be uh, an each-way bet on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, William, it's half-time. Ten points to seven, Connick lead. Scrappy game. Totally forgettable first
1: half. Two sides haven't played for three weeks. Error-strewn mess, really. Um... Connacht will I think will be pleased they're in the lead Every both sides are struggling and I think it's just rustiness so chance to sort themselves out at half time and then get ready for the
0: uh, second half OK we'll talk again on 60 Minutes OK William just come up to 60, 60 Minutes and Connacht now lead by 18 points to 7 with a try from Bondiaki and a couple of penalties from John Cooney
1: yeah, a much better second half by Connacht. Uh, they've looked a better team now, and they've converted their chances. Still scrappy at times, but Connacht are playing better, and they seem to have settled more into their pattern. Uh, Jack Carthy still having a difficult evening, but um, they're in a position now to go on and win this game. <laughs>
0: great win in the end. First time we've ever denied him a bonus point even.
1: Yeah, it was a good win in the end. We were much better in the second half. The bench worked well tonight. Great contribution from Caelan Blade when he came on. Marz Boshoff just on there for a few minutes. Uh, James Cannon grew into the game having made a very slow start. (laughs) Lewis Stevenson when he came on again, another short cameo played really well. Scrappy enough game but it's what they want. They got the win. Take your points.
2: They got nothing to move on.
0: Exactly, great win We'll chat later with Rob
2: Post game section of the podcast I'm Rob Murphy We have a whole selection of people here William Davis though so you've been chatting to my co-commentator And go FM, John O'Connor Yes indeed Alan was chatting to him as well
1: He did, he had a question
2: He had a question? One. One question We welcome along the other people in a second But let's continue this podcast With John O'Connor Talking immediately after the full time whistle In the Clan Terrace With William and Alan
1: Johnny O'Connor joining us here on the Craggy Podcast. He's a bit cold because he's been over-commentating with Rob in the luxury of the commentary box, but he's welcome now to the Clan Terrace. Johnny, it's good to have you along.
3: This is obviously to do with my low body fat levels. You know, that I'm <laughs> in such great physical condition that I, I, I feel the cold a lot more than normal people. But, uh, yeah, look, it's great to be here. Thanks, man. I love the work you do, guys.
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much. That game there for Connacht, it was a must-win, and they scrapped away enough just to get the job done.
3: Yeah when you look at it you're trying to get excited about you're trying to talk about it in a exciting way but like no team's got any fluency in their attack you know Cardiff didn't offer a lot but I suppose Nordic conic, you know we were the stronger team that day did we deserve to win yes uh, but was it perfect it wasn't like defensively there's a couple of things to work on attack wise but they're all mistakes they're not they're not like critical your shape is still good so it's not too worrying
1: a lot of players coming back from injury and you know, they've, been, they've been out for a long time. Just how difficult is it to come back in and get to the right level either physically or mentally on the pitch?
3: I think as, as a club you have a big responsibility in how you introduce that player you know like intensity is all relative to where you've been you know if you've been out for six seven months or whatever way you introduced to the game you, you're you not able for 80 minutes the the game the demands of the game can't be replicated to training so I think sometimes we're quite guilty just, just, a, just a tiny bit you know of introducing players you know you know, we want Craig Rollins on the pitch because we know when he plays you know we play well because he's so important and I don't know what's happening tonight you know but sometimes we bring him back and you might play 80 minutes and 80 minutes—that cumulative effect that leads to an injury over time.
1: Bearing that in mind, uh, we got something off the bench this evening. Kalen uh, Blade, in particular, seemed to get the game up to more a speed suitable for us.
3: Yeah, definitely. I've always li- i've liked him to be honest. When I when I looked at it and I looked at the start there, you look at a uh, Kieran Murray you, you, you at the start there, it's going like this guy's putting a bit of pressure on this fella. You know, he's got that same kind of line breaking as well. You know, I think his passing is quite good and his kicking game is coming on. You go, yeah, this guy's actually a threat. You know, you could probably see why they went with the first option today. You know, but you're just going that, that's okay maybe for the kicking or whatever it was in the box kicking and stuff like that. You know, and they might play a bit more tactical stuff, but yeah I think he's a great player I think he adds something you know and I think we should probably give him a bit more of a run sometimes
1: Looking at the the way we played this evening a little bit more kicking are our sides maybe I wouldn't say well maybe they are are they working us out and are they actually just allowing us to have the ball and play in front of them
3: when you look at it at the moment and you look what happened against Leinster I, kind of think, I think it tweaked a small bit in it's something because defensively people aren't committing anybody around the breakdown around us they're just getting numbers in the line and trying to get line speed which makes it difficult to attack regardless of how good your play is you know if there's numbers in front of you you're going to be tackled and we're adding that kicking thing which is an important element to have in your game and it certainly is and like some of the and stuff we got today was fantastic it was just some of the ex- execution later on the phase plays that kind of caught us out
1: Wasps are coming up. Club that you have uh, good inside knowledge of.
3: Not even in London anymore. <laughs> well, they're the
1: moving club. They, uh, they're No, Coventry Wasps they are just Wasps. Um, what a labouring! What I mean, this season is going very well for them. It was, just, it was a, a move that a lot of people thought was going to go badly wrong, but it hasn't.
3: I know. I always believe going to Coventry was a positive move. You know, Wickham and stuff was great, and it was a great place to play. But like, you know, the club made a decisive decision to go to Coventry. Wasps have always been quite. You know, they've been. They've, been always, they've always been moving around, you know, they have been, they needed to find a home and uh, it's worked very well for them, but the squad that they have assembled at the moment is incredible, you know. I don't think Wasser coached better than us, but I think they have a lot, a lot of world-class players and that's why I think it'll be the biggest test we've had in a long, long time and that's why I look forward to it so much.
1: Is it good getting them back-to-back back then? Does, does that actually, does that give you an, almost an opportunity to see what they're up to in the first game or is it actually more daunting?
3: the back-to-back ones you know it's, it's always quite strange you get over that game and you're trying to get ready for the next but you're, <laughs> you're getting ready for the next team and it makes it a bit more exciting when you have to concentrate and re-go over the things you've learned from that game look it's a great opportunity when we get them home over here I, I think Wasp, for the players they have I don't think they will not that they won't think highly of us they think they will have a better chance of, they certainly think they'll be very comfortable in beating us uh, but I think we'll just have something there I think we'll put our best players together if we go well against Theresa and start building through that game I don't know what will happen in Coventry it'll be a difficult place to go and then when we get them over here we can get something out of this pool and maybe get out of it
0: Yeah, they're going to be affected by they have a number of players playing for England and England have an extra game like we are finished our Six Nations game tomorrow our uh, November games tomorrow but England have an extra game against Australia which is just, just before the hard things like that, that's bound to have some sort of effect on them
3: yeah it is Depending on the kind of involvement But you look at the squad The Wasps have And you look at the squads The English teams are put them together like, I think I spoke about this a while ago With the injury rates That happen in the games You're looking at probably 25% of your squad Been out at any given time That you need a bigger squad You need world class players And they have some World class players And they, they've spent some money And uh when you when you look at it in that sense, yes, James Haskins That's the norm for English players. It's not the norm. When I played over there, you played your club rugby. You went to play Irish rugby. Then during the international break, you went back and played for your club because mm. they paid your bread and butter. And I had no problem doing it because they were the club I played for, and they gave me so much. And I think it's for those players as well. Like you know, they just manage their fatigue and try and. It's not ideal for them. And you're right, and there could be an opportunity within that. But they've got so much class in there as well that aren't aren't English internationals that will create something for Connaught as well.
1: Johnny, we appreciate your time. Go in and maybe get a. Bit of warm. I think
3: <laughs> this man has just died here. Oh, I, I must talk to him. My son, my, my son uh, Ruby Tots, he slagged off his jersey and he was a bit upset himself. So, so he told me, Can you get him in a headlock, Daddy? He he's just told me he's not showing up tomorrow to coach. He's yeah, disappeared, yeah, yeah, so, disappeared. Uh, You can tell him now. He, You've frightened me off. He's frightened me off now, but uh, he's okay. They've, they've established their relationship and they're good again. And he realizes that he doesn't like Arsenal, and that's okay. That's, it's yeah, fine. It's that's, 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 that's that's human. But uh, well, these are the that. lessons we learn and we build up our kids with uh, that. <laughs> thanks very much.
2: The voice of Johnny O'Connor there he did a great job on cold commentary. Were you listening in? Did anyone listen in?
0: Yes, yes, superb stuff. He was very good, very enjoyable. Now, haven't haven't enjoyed a commentary like that for a while.
2: I Must get out some uh, little clips of it and see if we can use the it in time. The Pontypridd bit is the one I I was just taken that's with him well. by how many no, players exactly. in the Cardiff team are born in Pontypridd, which is part of the Cardiff region now.
4: God forbid if any Pontypridd person had ever heard me say that, even though that's technically true. Yes,
1: well, that's why people don't like Cardiff, really.
4: <laughs> 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 Probably as many were born in the South Pacific, actually.
2: Well, that is true. Yes, a few Pacific Islanders as well. That is the voice of Lindy McKenzie. Welcome along, Lindy. Good evening. Evening too, uh, Dave. How are you, Dave Finn?
5: it been warmer, I'm not going to deny that. I mean, relatively speaking, there are places in the world that are a lot colder than this, but right now it's been warm. Yeah.
2: Coming up in the remainder of this podcast, you're going to hear a little bit of talk about Ireland possibly hosting the World Cup because myself and William on of AFM are in a segment worth listening to. And you'll also understand, while it is really, really good quality segment, we're also putting it in there so we don't freeze to death here, because we don't have a lot of time. Here's Pat Lamb, followed by John Cooney. <laughs> Pat, first and foremost vital that you got the win tonight I don't know if you speak in must wins but there will be a feeling now that Connacht are back on track in the league and they can look forward to the Treviso away
6: yeah I mean <clears throat> we're happy with the W um you know it wasn't perfect but we we just needed to get the win and we we said that right through we had some pretty tough uh, sessions last week and um we were pretty angry with ourselves for the Leinster and the Dragons game so we put a bit of work and you know and it was still a little bit rusty um but we ground out the we ground the win and, and playing these guys, as I said before the game, you know, they, they, it's, it's a strong side and they, we never, you know, I mean you look at the win-loss, we, they got they pretty much dominate us over the years. So to get the win we're pretty pleased. Yeah,
2: and looking, looking at what Cardiff were trying to do in those closing stages, I know if they had got a losing bonus point out of that you would have been very frustrated, so I suppose that little bit at the end was important too in, in the top six battle.
6: Yeah it was, it is, we had to deny them then. But I was probably more disappointed about 12 or 13, 15 minutes out. I think we had them, you know, had them right in that 22 and we gave away a high tackle and then we, uh scrum, uh, gave away a penalty and then we gave a penalty at the mall um, and they just cheap yardage that they got and um, where we we, we we had them camp, for, you know, we could have 12-15 to really put some pressure on and, and potentially go for the bonus point but um, those are things we've got we got to fix and, and, you know, they're coming hard at the discipline too so... Um, it's an area we pride ourselves on, and, and this, you know, so I had a quite, uh, well, I had a word in the change room about it that we've got to tidy up those areas. And but um, all in all, it was, um, I'm, uh, I'm pleased we we had some, we had to do some serious scramble defence at times, and and hang in there. And um, but it's good to see some a lot of good uh, players returning, and our squad starting to look stronger.
2: A piece of brilliance from the and In a game like that, sometimes something like that will stick out, but. That's the kind of class that
6: has elevated him to the international stage, isn't it? Oh I, I mean we mean Joe talked about it. Like he's just getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the the time he's at an Irish camp it just takes it to another level. And I, when Joe mentioned that he was uh, one of them at the camp, and even this week he said he might not play. I said, Joe, I don't care. Just get him in there because he's a fast learner, and um, you know, and it gives him confidence. And you know, he's a key player in our team. And 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 even even culturally, you know, he's he's. Um, He's really comfortable, and, and that's why I was keen for the more he spends time in that Irish camp, the more he gets comfortable with players, the better he gets. So uh, it was good to have him back. It was good T Tee was a last minute. Um, he was up training with the Irish team yesterday, full training, and he got back, um, you know, late afternoon. So he slipped in, and, and, and we obviously needed him when Craig went down.
2: Craig is a worry isn't he because he's so important to what this yeah. team does but he's taken another knock now just
6: when he's trying to get back yeah it is I mean he felt his squad just before during the warm up and that's so that's why we gave John Cooney the goal kicking and we thought he'd get through but you know it is it is a concern for Craig and, uh, because he um, he's, he's a vital cog for us um, but we have obviously even last year we played without him the next guy has to step up so yeah um, I think that was our only major injury concern besides bumps and bruises. But it was good to see Dennis, Nipia, uh, Tom, um, you know, and and John Cooney return, and you know, and John Cooney did particularly well too.
2: Yeah, you could pick out some guys playing well too. The likes Cannon had a, probably oh. one of his best games for Connick so far. Connor Carey and Stacey Ealy did a great job in the same. Yeah, all
6: three boys that are coming, and uh, you know, playing, you know, they're. they're you can see why we went after them. You know they're, they're not they're not household names, obviously, but they're um, the workers. And but I think the big thing they're all fitted in so well into the group here, and they're adding to the group. Same as Lewis Stevenson. It's um, you know uh, I'm really pleased how those guys have, um, uh, have fitted into our group and and uh, um, and getting on so well with everyone. And, and that's important. And guys have to fight for places. There's no doubt that, that the wasp games around the corner, the big games for Connacht rugby history. Um, so we need to fight. Um, fight for places.
2: So are you going to go easy on them on that video session?
6: No, no. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff there that I'm not happy with. That, uh, uh, but the good learnings. And um, you know, it's 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 all about clarity. But the boys who who, who who you know they already know they already know themselves.
2: John Cooney, great to get back. First of all, for yourself personally. So maybe we'll start with that. It, it's gone pretty well for you and the team tonight.
7: Exactly. Yeah, it's been a long six months since the final, but I'm um, delighted to get back and especially getting the win we've had a few losses back to back so it's nice to get the W
2: does it feel you know when you're on the sidelines watching it did, it did it feel like the team weren't far off did it feel very broken in the early stages are you starting to feel like you're getting back to where you were at your best last year
7: yeah I think we were a little bit rusty in the first half maybe the first 20 minutes kind of a bit broken up the play but uh, I think the end of the first half we put them under a lot of pressure one or two drop balls but uh, I think Lily were just about 2 or 3% off there
2: there was a lot of pace to what you were trying to do at the breakdown and there was moments but was it getting frustrating how broken the game was with those little gaps in play you just couldn't get a rhythm going
7: yeah that can be quite annoying sometimes but like also gave myself a break I was blown a bit after a few months out but um, no I think we were quite good on drop balls and stuff we made a few good breaks off ball we were going backwards but yeah those, those type of games like whoever takes advantage of those spell balls or whatever Makes a big difference.
2: What was it like at their conditions? Wise, obviously, it seemed Um, very, very cold. Did that affect any of of your game?
7: The cold's not really an issue as long as it's 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 not wet, it's not raining or it's not windy. It was dewy, but besides that, it wasn't too bad at all. You won.
2: And with regards to your defence, there was one moment in the first half, you're getting credit here just in terms of your own tackle, but you had a really important defensive stand in that first half and a few moments in the second half too, but yeah. certainly in the first half where it probably changed the momentum back in your favour.
7: Yeah, I think I was a bit lucky, I think he was kind of falling and hit the ground and he kind of dropped it while I jumped on him, but mm-hmm. yeah, something coming back from shoulder surgery, I just wanted to get a tackle in or two early on, but I, I actually missed my first tackle, but good to get, get one later on
2: you and the other injured players you didn't get a break you had those extra training sessions and over the last few weeks Matt was saying I mean yeah. it's obviously paid off all of you were coming back as a group and you must be all delighted to be back
7: in yeah, exactly we've been all running Lily Fitness every every second or third day Just made it a bit easier once you got on the field you'd already done a lot of running you'd done a lot of weight so like it just came second nature kind of there
2: Treviso beat Connacht the last time you played them, so you can keep your focus on, on making sure you get the win next week. Yeah,
7: exactly. Those, the, the talent teams always seem to play well against us here. They always mix it up. They kind of like to run. And I remember I injured myself in this game last year. They literally ran the ball from everywhere. We were struggling. Like It was a hot, tough game, so we expect the same again.
2: Exciting time. Wasp's coming up in the background as well. Exactly.
7: It's a good time to be back. Um, yeah, Hopefully we get the four or five points against Treviso and then move on to Wasp after that.
2: Dave. Yes. Pat Lam.
5: He's a man. He's a teacher from Samoa. What more do you need to know? <laughs> but
2: he seemed relatively content. He seemed happier with a poor performance win than I've seen him ever before, if you go know on what I'm trying to say there.
5: Yeah, I mean, normally probably go on about processes and if we do the performance, we get the win, but there was actually not, there was, there was not a performance tonight, but the win was got. Um... They got better as time went on. They clearly were... I mean, they were horribly ring-rusty across the board. I mean, we had enough, we had players coming back from injury, yeah, but also we'd had three weeks off, and we were coming off a, a pretty disappo- a, probably a, a very disappointing defeat over in Newport. Um, that's a game that nobody will remember. You'll have to look it up on YouTube to try and remember what happened. I mean, it was just an... It was an awful... It was too... Let's be honest about it. It was too mid to lower table teams playing poorly but we came out on top and I think that's how Pat views it um, there's an awful lot can get better it's four points it's momentum it stops the defeats which we are notoriously going on runs on and it's 60 minutes for Tom and John Cooney and 60 minutes for, for Dennis uh, pity about Craig that's a problem. That's worrying. But Marlitz gets a cameo, does some good things, does some bad things, which <laughs> is how Connett were tonight. They did some good things, they did some bad things. Um, and it touches the class from the
4: guys who went to the international camp. What do you reckon, Lenny? I am delighted that, obviously, Connett got the win. I wouldn't be quite so negative. Yes, it was an imperfect performance. But what I, I think what I actually liked was the, the second half when... They obviously adjusted how they played. They realised that they had to deal with the def- this rush defence of Cardiff, so they started kicking him behind. They also really upped their tempo in defence themselves, and I really liked the attitude of Connaughton in the second half. I'm not saying it wasn't without, you know, it, it wasn't without mistakes, and certainly, you know, in terms of execution and the clinical touches we're looking for, they were still lacking. But I really liked their attitude in the second half, and I there was some, there was some. I mean, obviously led by John Molden, he just. Just gets better and better. He's just an, an amazing athlete, really. I mean, he leads from the front, and you had Jay Keenan even there at the last—a turnover and a lineout steal mm. to deny them. I mean, his lineout steal. Yeah, I, I, lineup, yeah, I just, I just, I thought the even attitude those, yes. was 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 excellent in the second half.
0: Yeah, we 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 actually did some pick and drive, which it did about three in a row before I realised. Great we're doing pick-and-drives. <laughs> <laughs> we're picking and we're driving, we're picking and we're driving and the scrim half is standing back on. off you go, guys, away you go. Is that and
2: weather adap- adaptation? or? Well, no, it's
0: it's, it's a adaptation. Uh, if you're picking and driving, what they were doing was standing off, putting one or two men to, to defend. So the, once w- the contact area became a ruck or a mall, they only one or two men, then they, sp- they spread out. OK. So what you then, yeah, you yeah. keep them honest, you go pick-and-drive, pick-and-drive, pick-and-drive. Right. you? why you made about 20 or 30 metres. And just just gave us a bit more space out way we've actually scored from
2: it we call this a must win I think in the background it was and it is and it's it's achieved and it just feels an important moment really
1: yeah I think it's important because it, it didn't come easy they kept had to work really really mm. hard now a lot of that was possibly due to their own inaccuracies but they got better as the game went on uh, and players Got into the game. James Cannon in particular had a very rocky
4: yeah.
1: first half, but in the second He's half he, he second really half. got stuck in. Uh, Lewis Stevenson, nice cameo. Stacey
4: Lee, good performance.
1: Stacey Ely did, did okay, but the guy that really stuck out for me, changed the game around, was Caelan Blade because he speeded the game up. And once the game speeded up, Cardiff got quite ragged. Now they were very poor as well. So you could say it was the side that was less poor, but we've got four points and Trevizo now next week that gets you started back on the road
2: Lindy it was interesting to hear Johnny O'Connor say that he actually felt at one point earlier in the season that Caleb Bay was our number one scrum half and
4: that's how impressed he's been with him he feels we have three scrum halves all vying for that number one well spot. that's never in it that's, now that John Cooney is back we do have the three scrum halves and we always knew that Kieran Marmion was going to be involved in, in Ireland well we always hoped he was going to be involved in Ireland internationals and he is so we certainly need both of them back and it's great that there is that competition now between the two Dave, that class from the adiokin, the, the brilliance. I just, the man has such great skill.
2: Like the realization that he was in a tight little corner, and then his footwork, the kick, the chase, the way he picked that ball up, standing up. I brought it up in the press conference with Pat. But your thoughts?
5: God, oh, there's nothing we haven't seen him do before. He's uh, yeah, yeah. he's just a class act. He is. The only negative I can say about Nihi was, I wish he'd got a bit longer and they'd given him some ball against Canada. That's the only negative I can say about the guy. Yeah. He should have got more ball against Canada. There
2: was a defensive <laughs> moment, Alan, that just sums up the way he thinks through the game when Morgan, who was running rings around us after he came on, oh, man, that guy's got talent. Uh, he tried a little kick ahead and Adiolokan timed his foot block fantastically. And that's the kind of depth. This guy has a bag of tricks that most ringers don't have.
0: He certainly does, yeah. Like Morgan is, I think it was the second had run the second most meters in the in the really? league so far this year. So like he's a really really effective I gonna, runner.
2: I would have thought he might even be up in the top three in the game alone after coming on. He was so good.
0: Well, yeah, I, I didn't quite have the stats for that, but I know that in in, in the league, you know. Player. And he's like he's a small guy. He is five foot eight, Rob. Definitely yeah, is. Yeah, I know. Eight, yeah. <laughs> I was just overemphasizing <laughs> that smally. <laughs> but,
8: yeah.
0: um, but he's got he's he's got wheels. He can really move, and he's you know he's, it's great to see guys of that size still being able to get playing and playing at the top level. And he, he causes the big guys All sorts of trouble But you're right Knee was able to time his run So perfectly He'd had one break earlier on That sort of Knee just mistimed missed, missed it But after that He had him sorted Excellent stuff from Knee
2: Yeah I was really happy with that I was happy with the uh, Rock solid contribution from, from the front row Seeing Dennis Buckley back Tom McCartney back And Conor Carey Really liking the look of Conor Carey He's a great, great flyer He's, a, he's an old style tight end But by God He can fit in anywhere
1: yeah, he took off at one stage in the second half. It was absolutely <laughs> yeah, wonderful. He just went, and uh, oh,
2: it was
5: brilliant.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic because it's real old style sort of thing. And he he, he looked. The th- great thing about it was he really looked as if he was enjoying it, and that's <laughs> <laughs> and that's the important thing. He was sort of he ran back to his position and he thought to himself, "Yeah, that was grand. That was good." Um, it it's the sort of, it's the sort of game you can't overanalyze. No, uh, th- I know. Th- th- they'll they'll do their video stuff and they'll 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 pick it apart. But I think it, I think it was a vital win. Uh, crowd were quite edgy uh, at times, and it, it it wasn't really high class rugby. But it it is what it is, and they they they'll just take it. It's a, the ten game sequence that starts with Cardiff and ends with Cardiff. So there's a lot of rugby to be played, but they will feel a lot better now getting that win under their belt.
2: I've been saying nine-game sequence, but the Cardiff games have tagged on at the end of it, the away game. So yeah, it's a busy period, and it is so important. If you're trying to get into the top six, Lindley, you know you've you've got to win these games, and you've got to win them clean. I don't
4: give them a losing bonus. Oh, I think that was uh, that was you know quite vital at the end actually. That we you know we kind of denied them it tonight, and the lunar brun- losing Wednesday. Yeah, look, if you look at it, you had to put Cardiff away. If, if you hadn't put Cardiff away today, it doesn't matter how you did it. If you hadn't put them away today, this the, the, this season was in serious danger of imploding, really and truly. And they did it. It doesn't really matter. In the end of the day, obviously, Pat will be analysing, they'll all be analysing it to death, and that's up to them to do and how clinical they were or how not clin- unclinical they were. And it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the win is what they needed. And I also think it was great to see so many of those players, you know, coming back after injuries. It gave them an opportunity um, to have a bit of game time. And it's now perfectly set up for Treviso. Now we always know Treviso are always kind of a dogged enough team and can be you We know, didn't get a
2: bonus point against them last year I don't think. They beat us at home
4: Yeah, uh, well, the one at home was... Yeah, that's not okay. um, good <laughs> yeah. Let's not bring that up again That was a poor one. It, uh, well, it was, a, it was a hugely poor one um, But it didn't but, matter. Well, no, it didn't matter at the end But and maybe, you know, look, maybe mm. as you know, things turn yeah. out, maybe that was the kick yeah that they needed yes to you know propel them to keep going and desperately needing to win but i mean you should we should get a win over, obviously over Treviso and then you are looking at you know a com- nice couple of uh matches with wasps. Slightly different, um, and of course, you've got to consider the weather too, because the weather is starting to deteriorate, and that has to be taken into consideration, which is much harder on, on, obviously, on the players in this sort of weather. Yeah, and
2: that's going to be something that we'll analyse a little bit more as the next few weeks go on, because last season in the tough weather, true to Christmas, with a lot of injuries, but obviously didn't play as well either. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go in this period. Okay. Uh, Dave, one last point I just wanted to make just follow on what Lindy was saying, all the players coming back. It was good to see Napier Fox Malamua we back as well. Came off the bench twenty minutes just when he needed because the last time he came back he did eighty minutes, it was probably asking too much of him. Yeah, and he
5: went in the six. Mm. Um I think that was significant oh, yeah. He went in
2: the six. Um told him he play well today too. Yeah,
5: there's I mean it's like it's another play, good to see him back and you know, maybe they've learned they've learned the hard lessons. I mean we said it before that Jake came back too quickly and did his shoulder, Napier came back too early and did and yeah, did the hamstring. Uh, but Mr. Ronaldson
0: looks as though he came back a bit too quickly.
5: Yeah, but, remember, he was, but he was coming back from a head injury. Remember, he went off with a head injury against Leinster, he didn't come back from it. It looks like a new injury. I mean, there are certain players on this team, um, in this squad, who are, who are unfortunately injury prone. <laughs> we saw Andrew Brown tonight uh, in, in Abuja and out till February, so some players are just unlucky, some players can, players can bounce back. Um, uh, yeah, it was good to see him back. I mean, he put in a kick, which was weird. Um, but it worked, kind of worked out. Um, I think... It's sort- he, he did play GAA down in, in Auckland.
2: Yeah, I still haven't used that in the comments you because I need okay. to verify it. Can I, I did, yeah, he he oh, you did verify it. I've been. It, yeah. yeah, he played gated yeah, yeah, football yeah, yeah, for. Yeah, a yeah,
5: yeah. Alan has all the stats.
2: He does. <laughs> well, there's one he doesn't have. We yeah. bring yeah, up. Yeah, in yeah, any yeah, other yeah,
5: yeah. We have definitely going to bring that one up. In it. But I mean, I think I think, I think, I think, I think, I think the fact is is that the weather's bad. But actually, I think this is our last evening game here. We have an evening game up in Ulster on the 23rd. But I think all the games are now The latest just kick off between now and the end of the year is five o'clock, which is the last game in the Munster game. So maybe it won't be quite as cold. Um, but again, it could be hammering from the heavens. God alone knows.
2: speaking of cold because we're so cold we need to go to a clip from Galway Bay FM but this is well worth listening to because William and myself mainly William because he was brilliant is chatting about the prospect of a World Cup coming to Ireland he did loads of research he knows all his numbers now have a listen to this this is the very voice of Ollie Turner from Galway Bay FM first of all on the over the line show and myself and William were on there when news broke last week about Ireland's launch to host the 2023 World Cup
8: Yeah, of course, we heard during the week, lads, about Ireland and their bid for the 2023 World Cup. All glitz and glamour. We had Brian O'Driscoll heading up the whole thing. He's become the face and the voice of this bid. Uh, Liam Neeson doing the voice over of the Ireland. We we're all getting very patriotic, but uh, William, I'll start with you. I mean, what are the actual chances of Ireland getting the nod to host the World Cup in a year's time?
9: Um, I think they're better than they were when they started. Uh, it's, it's a three-horse race now. You've got France, South Africa and Ireland the South African situation is very confused. You've got an economy in meltdown. The rugby community down there, major problems with players leaving and just major issues about various colour bar- bars that are apparently exercising the government's view that not enough non-white people are getting an, an opportunity to play rugby. And that, that bid, is, I think, is struggling. France, on the other hand, massive... Amount of money floating around French rugby—it's worrying. I think it's actually worrying international rugby. Um, South Africa last weekend humiliated at Twickenham, and so many players unavailable to them playing top fourteen rugby, and French rugby just sucking in. So they—they've got a huge amount of money, but we have a potential for uh, a small country that's easy to get around. People will be able to move quickly between games. The major games are played at weekends, and you know you could you could watch a game in Belfast at lunchtime on a Saturday, and you could be watching a game in Dublin at Saturday evening if you were so inclined. You, you won't be able to do that in South Africa, and in France, it's it's problematic just because of size. But I think it'll it'll all come down to money. If you have to produce. The receipts, put them on the table to World Rugby and say we can guarantee you whatever figure they're looking for. It'll be probably somewhere somewhere north of a hundred million uh, US dollars that they'll be looking for. That's that's the return. Uh, the the 2019 World Cup in Japan is a very big step into the unknown for them. So they'll want to, the the next World Cup is going to be in a more shall we say, a a country where rugby is more normalised and more known. But I think our bid has a chance.
8: I suppose, Rob, the first thing you have to do in any bid process is provide a list of the stadia in which you can play the matches. You've got to come up with 12. They all have to have at least 15,000 of capacity. So bar uh, a couple of tweets from John Muldoon about the sports crown being left out and the simple stadium people uh, giving out... um, there really wasn't much case for the GEA and the IRFU agreeing on any other than the 12 that they've got. No, I mean, the only one that surprised me
2: was maybe Celtic Park up in Derry, which was interesting because I think that's a good idea. It's a city that you would like to showcase if you were showcasing uh, an all-island competition and obviously going into Northern Ireland would be no harm whatsoever either in another venue outside of Belfast venue. So that was good, I thought. Um, I understood why people in TARDIS might have been disappointed because of the historic nature that ground and because of the fact that Dick Spring mentioned transport being an issue there they're right to say what are you talking about the train service is fantastic the motorway is right there but I, I think what they were saying was possibly uh, hotels they'll want good huge hotels to accommodate the two teams in each town that'll be something that's really important you know even somewhere like Castlebar Bar has uh, Brafie House Hotel and Resort at least that's a, a starting point so all the different venues have a mix of good infrastructure uh, for hosting teams if the teams want to base themselves there and good, good transport networks as I said as you said said yeah Turdus might have been the one issue I understand where John Muldoon's coming from in the sense that I think he was saying he would have liked to have seen a Connacht venue maybe the sports ground as part of it in terms of a long-term plan to develop the Connacht venue but of course that would mean building something beyond 15,000 for Connacht rugby and maybe you know I'd say myself we've all talked about this in the last little while but that might be too big for Connacht and it might, might, mightn't quite work for what they want to do
8: vision going forward. Yeah it's hard to see the sports ground being redeveloped to literally twice its capacity that it is now yeah. William.
9: No, it it isn't. It isn't, Ollie. It's the the situation seems to be that World Rugby has determined that they probably want ten venues. They've asked for fourteen to be nominated. There was thirteen venues in England, and they felt that in the last World Cup, they felt that was too many. They want ten, and it's it's easier to produce that here because the GAA season. Um, will be, well, the club season won't be over, but I'd say the inter-county season will be very close to being finished when the World Cup comes to town, if we get it. And it means they have control of the grounds. The problem in England was they were using soccer grounds and they were only able to get them for one weekend out of... It's the first four weeks where the real pressure is on the grounds. I think uh, Celtic Park in Derry is there as a cover in Case Casement Park in... Belfast isn't redeveloped. That's sort of stuck in the planning process. But unfortunately the sports ground just isn't gonna be big enough. But Pierce Stadium is a is a fine fine ground. It's somewhat underused I think. And um it, it it would be absolutely admirable for the sort of sort of games they'd be looking to put in.
8: Yeah, and I suppose you are looking at Castlebar as well. So is it likely that both of those venues in the West will be used, uh, I or would, will it be one of those two, Rob? Yeah, I would suspect that
2: even from a lobbying point of view, people in uh, ministers in the West of Ireland and everyone else will be pushing hard to make sure there is more than one venue in the West of Ireland. And I think Castlebar has been on on the table as a talking point about the Rugby World Cup for more, more than two years. Certainly within the Mayo press, so I think that would be quite important to go beyond Goy. Also, I agree, with William. Like what you got to remember, there are some issues with. Pierce Stadium in terms of traffic on match day but a Rugby World Cup's a kind of a different event it's not a it's not a one-off event so your, your audience is going to come there and enjoy the entire experience, they're not going to drive in and take in the game and go home it's going to be a totally different And field. want to park outside the gate Exactly, you know, and, and, and <laughs> just say God, let's turn the car for home because I think we'll lose um, no, there'll, there'll be a real feel and I think Salt Hill's ideal then all of a sudden and, and the whole venue around it, if we were blessed with a bit of decent uh, redder 30,000 people, it could be anyone you could have Romania playing Georgia and you'll fill such as the novel effect and I think I think both myself and I'd say William you agree with me I would I would suspect that crowds would be huge for this Irish people have proven time and time again that they love sporting events and they turn out in huge numbers
9: yeah it's it's a big issue if if, if you go back on YouTube to old world cups in soccer and rugby you, know, you you'll often see grounds that are half empty mm. and we didn't pass any comment on it nowadays the capacity that, uh, or the, the the fill up that the sporting organisations look for, is somewhere over ninety percent, because the sponsors want a full ground. They want something on TV that looks as like if the place is packed. Mm. Uh, so that'll be very important for us. And it, it has to be said, the last few Rugby World Cups France, uh, New Zealand, England, the grounds have been filled. The French started this in two thousand and seven by getting, you know, forty thousand people to watch Georgia against Fiji. And that's what you have to attain. You, if, if, you're, if we get games here, they probably would be Tier 2 Nation games. Um, or or you, you could get New Zealand against one of the Tier 2s. But you've got to fill your ground. But I think we're well capable of doing that. If, if it's sold properly, it's one of the reasons they've talked about leaving terracing. in. They want terracing in the grounds because they can charge less for the terraces. And I think... Yeah, Irish people will go, and as long as it's correctly priced and packaged, once we have got it, uh, then I think crowds won't be a problem.
8: Well, it'd be fantastic uh, to know if, if that is going to be the case. We'll probably get a better feel once we get into 2017, the actual chances of it happening.
2: Right, we'll have more in Rugby World Cup Ireland in coming weeks, in season eleven of the podcast, because <laughs> I will still be going. Hopefully by then. Okay, any other business? Or anything before any other businesses? that which ones? To-
4: the women, the women again. I have to mention the women again. I have to mention the women. Look, it's great. I mean, we're all talking about the amount of Connacht lads who are going up to Dublin and Irish training and Island training, and you know these young lads. But we always tend to forget, and you know, about the women and five Norwegians... Five connaught players, I should say, up in the five and a half. Five and a half. Well, if you count, well, we, we we do count Cyneno. Yeah, we you really have to do count Cyneno. We, we always include a product her. of the conic system. Uh, exactly, and but it's and it's brilliant, and um, I'm just this this seems to be this continual um, sort of group of women who are coming out, particularly out of Gorwegians, locally here, and, and I mean it's just great to see. And it was the women who kick started
2: this whole beating the All Blacks thing as well. Let's not forget, because Alan reminds me every time I forget to mention the first Irish team to beat the All Blacks it was, of course, Harris women
0: In my annual business, they're New Zealand.
2: They are New Zealand. Actually, the women of the black ferns. Oh God, that's when the nicknames really annoy me. Yeah, when they said the the, the, white the white caps, caps and the, all this of kind of stuff. Anyways, uh, any other business from me? I don't know. We don't uh, have a couple of things,
5: because um, this will bring us back onto Frank Murphy's moustache. Frank Murphy is refereeing uh, tomorrow, which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> technically, he's not a comic referee, but he is. And it's good to see somebody going. And it's nice to see uh, young, new referees coming through. there was meant to be a guy called Mike Adamson was supposed to referee to get us again tonight. And that kind of went a bit uh, pear shaped for him. Um, but uh, well done, Frank. Uh, hope it, hopes is a start of a good thing. He's already refereed in international and we, he's been doing very well. And my bugbear because it's been we've been it's been a, the story of the week. But there is a very simple issue. Monster are playing tomorrow at two o'clock against uh, against Zebra, and there is no Timo because the referees. But there is no. There is no TMO because the match isn't on TV, and that is unbelievable. That you have competitions where some, some, five out of six matches are, will have a TMO, but one won't. It's random. It's whoever turns TV, and because they're able to put together highlights packages of all games, I don't understand why this happens. And they need to explain why. If you can produce a highlights package, you can not have a TMO.
1: Highlights package is produced with two cameras. Minimum TV for TMOs is six. Game here next week won't have a TMO be less TMOs next year because there's going to be less televised Pro 12 Rugby. Uh, It's a problem, but it just costs too much money uh, for this, uh, what we're supposed to call a championship, but I'm going to still keep calling a league. Um, It's a big problem because referees struggle with it because one week they've got a TMO and then the following week they're refereeing a game and they don't have a TMO and they have to make, and we're all shouting at them to make a decision, but they haven't got the fallback plan. And if they, themselves and the linesmen, or assistant referees, aren't communicating well, it can become a right muddle, but it's, it's not going to fix.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, interesting, uh, we never mentioned the TMO decisions, it could have swung the game, but Keane Keller did seem to take a step into the player, but I think he got it right, because I don't think he deliberately tried to tackle him early either, I don't know, did anyone think he got it wrong?
1: No, I, I think he probably got it right, but, but, what, but what was interesting about it was, it appeared, and we couldn't hear the referee, but... It was a conversation between Nigel Owens and the TMO. He didn't allow the TMO to take over the decision. Love it. And he didn't run down the pitch to look at it on the big screen. They just had a communication, but it was a constant. Now it took a bit of time, but it didn't become a bit like last weekend where the referee sort of just stood and waited for the TMO to tell him what happened. That's what they're supposed to do. It's supposed to be an over and back to help the correct decision be made. Yeah, it's not just an
2: kinda, it's out of my hands, it's a TMO attitude. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's that's why it worked this evening. Maybe if that had been... If we'd been attacking and it happened, we'd have been a bit disappointed. But I think it was... Just about the correct decision because I, I don't think it was a deliberate block.
5: I will need to take a look at this, but there was a sending off in the Leicester Scarlets game which looks like it was dictated to by the TMO, and we we'll need to see how that goes. The only thing I will say about that decision was I thought it might have been a scrum to Car- Cardiff because I thought he had knocked it on and knocked it out of yeah. the guy's hand. That's my only quibble but I yeah. think but that's how it should be. That's how it should be, and we saw last week it ended up with a situation where I think Jacko Piper just completely lost faith in his TMO, and that's why he didn't go down for the third try.
2: Interesting. Okay, uh, I think we're almost done. One thing I was going to say, which is. Uh, all right, control. I had something in my head, but it's gone from my head. Goalpost.
0: post still not uh, painted. Like you've, you've got, you really do have a fantastic pitch here that stood up really well tonight, and yet, goalposts still have, you know, missing some paint. How difficult is it to just throw a bit of paint on?
1: Well, I, I think you wouldn't be able to throw it on, you'd probably have to paint it on. But the pitch is actually freezing now as we're standing here. It's, it's, turning, white. Yeah. it's yeah. turning white. It's turning white.
2: Okay, that's it from us. We'll be back next week. We have a live show coming up. Can we announce it? Yes, yes, we can.
5: What's the point of we'll not announcing
2: it? Well, we just have to make sure it's been all confirmed and it has. In we're going to be in Murty's next week. The Clan Bar.
5: It's irrelevant to whether we're doing a live show or not. Let's be Yeah, excited. we're going to be in Murty's anyway, so you
2: can meet us there. But we'll be we'll be sitting up with a microphone, having a chat. All of us four. If Alan Boys. hasn't got frostbite on his, uh, see, on his feet. Well, I didn't recount really myself. All of us five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Linley is in as well. Yeah, she's, she's suggesting she's not, but she is. She's already agreed to it. We have to just sort out the contract details. There's a couple of days, a couple of issues. But yeah, hey, all to look forward to. And that's part of our Christmas party. Come along, join us, talk rugby. William's like, shh, wrap it up, Rob. That's it from us. <laughs>